I would love to do, if you've got the time, I would love to go in and start a brand new session and just kind of keep going as it is because I think it's pretty awesome so far. Okay, let's do it. Everything has been amazing so far. I know that you all are just kind of blown away from all the work that's being done uh, as we actually put in work on the shoulders of giants, but we're not done. Uh, sir, there's another project that I'd like to talk about, which is the um, Air Force Native American Champion. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes. Yeah, so um, again, from Crucial Combo, um, we were in a session uh, and we actually hosted kind of two sessions around the same time. Uh, one was on uh, LGBTQ, and we had a um, a session where there were leaders involved, and we realized that there was no um, barrier analysis groups. Uh, civilians may know this as employee resource, group, resource groups. And these are organizations that, in the Air Force at least, are designed to remove barriers for people to serve. Hmm. And so we had a crucial convo session, uh, and from that stood up the, the, L, the LGBTQ uh, barrier analysis group for the Air Force, the LIT, uh, and then um, uh, the INIT, so the Indigenous Nations Equality Team, and hmm. that's for Native Americans. So I lead the uh, Indigenous Nations Equality Team. So I am the uh, kind of the geo champion for that. Uh, I have uh, Ms. Jacqueline uh, Melcher, uh, who also was uh, stationed with me at Charleston. And so when I... Uh, was people, somebody from Crucial Combo, Colonel Burks, I think, she right. came to me and said, hey, you know, now that you're going to be a GO, you have to be a, a general officer in SES to be the champion for one of these organizations. And we haven't been able to find a Native American GO to do it. So, again, mm-hmm. from being from Tuskegee, if, if you know the roots of Tuskegee, uh, the Creek Indian, so Creek River kind of runs through Tuskegee. And I remember, you know, my, my grandmother, when I showed the pictures to everybody, uh, like she's full of Native with the, with the long hair. Uh, and so when I, as I go back to my heritage with Native Americans on that side, um, I uh, felt that it was an opportunity to support and help. So I brought Jacqueline in. It was another uh, Mo Trio who was at Scott with me, Lieutenant Colonel, uh, Colonel Select now got her in. And then we met uh, Master Sergeant Dupree. So those three ladies are the ones uh, that helped me kind of lead uh, this uh, organization. Uh, and we are uh, three R's. Uh, to remove barriers, to go out and make sure um, that we uh, recruit and then also retain. And so under those three lines of efforts, we have a number of things like um, hair length for men, for men uh, to kind of match because the Native Americans, there's a certain spirituality associated with their hair. Mm. And we force those folks to cut it when they come in to serve. And so we want to be able to put and we've, we've been successful with religious accommodation. So what we can do that now. Uh, we are also finding that uh, there's feasting is an opportunity that Native Americans do. And so before they go and deploy, uh, if they want to do a feasting opportunity, we want to make sure that that's covered uh, in the travel regulation. Uh, and then the other piece um, that we're doing uh, is general support uh, to for people who just feel valued. Under the airman called me and said, sir, um, just want, I've met her parents. They've come to the Pentagon. We've hosted some events with the Secretary of the Air Force, you know, two events in the Pentagon. Uh, and these Native American uh, warriors uh, who serve, you know, per capita higher than any other diversity group, like hmm. higher, like like four times higher than any other group in the population of America, uh, they were in tears as we had this last event in the Pentagon uh, near the end of, um, of November. Mm-hmm. And they're that way because they've never they never thought that they felt really truly welcome in our formation. 
one of the airmen of the recruiters said, you know, every day I feel like I'm living in two worlds. Hmm. Uh, that I put on his uniform to serve the nation, but then I go back to my my his his tribe and his other nation, uh, and he feels at home. And so my goal as a champion is that he can feel his whole and authentic self uh, at work and when he's with his tribe. Wow! You know, we owe our airmen better than for them to feel like they have to live in two worlds because we forced them to. And so that takes a different kind of leadership. It takes more education, I think. Uh, our airmen and guardians are up for that, but it's a total different way uh, of seeing. So we're out with looking at policy, um, also to wear regalia during mm-hmm. ceremonies. I mean, mm-hmm. it's very interesting. So I went to Hawaii this uh, past weekend and somebody put a lay on me and I've often <laughs> seen these lays yes. on people when they have their ceremonies and that's been accepted forever. That's right. And so when, when right. they try to put on their regalia, people will come up to them and say, well, you can't wear that in your uniform. Why is what's it the difference Why in the lay? Right? It's the same adornment that goes around the necks that celebrates them. And so there's just something unique about the Native American and the history of our country uh, that they, they know and that they have felt this way for years. And so I'm just really uncovering a lot of the hurt. And it is deep. Um, so my, one of them would tell me being snatched away, um, mother not being treated for when she was given birth. Some, this is not, this is like in a in somebody's lifetime. This is within those 75 years, how people have been treated. So once you begin to hear these stories, at least to me, the heart comes in to where we got to do something. And so we're on this journey uh, with them. We've uh, gone out and been to a lot of conferences and trying to just increase the population who want to serve and also being, you know, there for people uh, over the holidays at Airmen. Um, uh, that I think down at Tampa said, you know, I am now feeling like I have a family in the Air Force. Oh, wow. You've been in for like 15 years. I think you're still a, a staff sergeant. They said, my career is on the rise now after meeting the the Inet team. And she feels like she can do anything. Now. And it was, it was just interesting that she probably had all this talent, all this skill, but just always felt out place. And was probably always covering her six, you know, always doing the extra stuff. Instead That's of right. Saying, I belong here. Not really, not really being who she truly wanted to be. And and with the with the recruiting and retention uh, issues that we have right now, um, it's I I heard uh, the former ACC commander say when he was asked a question is like, how are you going to compete with industry, especially in the cyber community? How are you going to compete with industry to retain some of these folks? And uh, he essentially said, I can't from a monetary perspective. I can't. The only thing I can do or the best thing I can do is ensure my commanders make people feel like part of a team and then make them feel like part of a family and that they want to be here. Uh, I've heard stories. Uh, I, I know, you know, Brigadier General Heather uh, Blackwell, a former boss of mine. She made some similar changes at a previous installation where uh, it was such a simple change, you would think, but she allowed uh, a Native American to be able to have um, her information on the dog tag, which wasn't allowed before. And very similarly, sir, uh, brought tears to her eyes. And it's kind of a no brainer to us when we think about it or, or the listeners that are out there that are not military. You go, yeah, what was the big deal? Right. And so, sir, definitely commend you for for making that change. Um Additional project that you're working now, typically in, in our circle, when I say our circle, I mean the military circle, uh, when we sometimes hear like mindedness, it's not always portrayed as a good thing. And so we want to have people that can think differently and things like that. Uh, so I kind of want to kind of dig in a little bit into the uh, coalition uh, of like minded leaders project that you're working on. 
Yeah, so one, Heather Blackwell, awesome. Love some Heather, right? She's doing some awesome, awesome things. This one, and we're going to get into the, these next kind of things that they are like in the incubator. Uh, so this is the Coalition of Like-Minded Leaders, getting together people who are trying to do similar things and asking them just simply to work together, right? Uh, there are a lot of people who are swimming in the same lanes, and sometimes those lanes will cross uh, if we're not coordinating. So that is really just a coordination effort uh, from many different organizations uh, to try who, who want to support, I think, similar goals, um, but maybe creating fratricide and trying to uh, achieve those goals. So that's uh, not a big project right now, um, but I'm in the, I've had two meetings so far that, that brought leaders together to have conversations. And I'll do more simply just align goals. If you had, what are the top five together instead of nobody making success on their top three individually. I see. Right? So that's the kind of thought process about the like-minded leaders is just to bring people together. Oh, that's good. How can we, you know, uh, cooperate and graduate together? How can we, where this needle is, move this needle. I keep hearing about this needle out there. Right. So I want to move the needle too. <laughs> uh, so how can we move the needle together? So that's what that one is. I see. A lot of people talking about the, the needle, but the needle's not necessarily <laughs> moving. <so. laughs> um <laughs> Another thing I want to tie in, sir, you, you at the very beginning of, of episode one, and I'm calling it episode one right now as we talk, because this is too good for me to make one episode. I think this might just cover my entire month of February, which is pretty awesome for me. Um, so in the very beginning, you talked about love. So one of the projects that is also in the incubator, I believe you're actually seeking some assistance with, is called Forward Together with Love. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, so this one is... Um so this would be, I guess, my vision for America, right? So if you would go back and if you remember perhaps the founding of our great nation, right, and how how that that need took place, I, I would say it took place because uh, we were wanting our independence, right? We wanted to break away um, from having a society that, you know, royalty kind of ran the nation that where there was a king or a queen in charge. And we wanted to have representative government, right? That where an average everyday male, female, at well, this time on males only, could lead the nation and make mm -hmm. some decisions on their own. And so this is kind of the birth of this new nation, this thing that we call democracy, uh, this thing that we have representation, right? From how we divide across our geographical, geographical population, to, to, to form a government. Uh, it was an experiment, right? And so we want to continue to move forward with that. Uh, I think some of the, the narratives that were casted then uh, were very valuable. If you came from, you know, say Poland or Germany uh, and you wanted to bring and form this new identity and the mm -hmm. new identity was being an American, you know, not being a citizen from, uh, from the British or not being a citizen from, from England, anywhere else in, in the European theater, it was this sense of being an American. So right. I don't know, do you remember, I don't know how, you remember Schoolhouse Rock? I mean, oh, absolutely. In fact, at this at the school that I'm in right now, I asked the professor to play it for our international students so they could understand. Really? <laughs> so Schoolhouse Rock, and particularly, I'm just a bill sitting here on Capitol That's right, Mary, Mary, that's Mary. right. There was also a little clip that they did that showed people running into this pot that was on fire. It was the great American melting pot. If you remember this term or now it's really kind of gruesome if you think about it, people jumping <laughs> in. <laughs> but, but really what it was was just showing that 
we're forming a new nation. That new nation is called America, right? And so we want to be together as one. And so that narrative has persisted. It's persisted in my mind to the degree, I think, that we created terms like African-American, right? To show that we were still American, but had some descent. And for some people, they don't like, they want us all to be an American. Mm-hmm. And I and I understand that. And I value that as being somebody who served the nation for 35 years. I understand that. But what I also do is know that those Americans with that heritage, they're going to, like, like I talked about Lemire, he's going to go back to his tribe and be who he is. Mm. And, and any anybody from any population that has heritage and culture, and this could be the Irish on St. Paddy's Day. Right. This could be the African on Kwanzaa. There's a connection beyond our Air Force that these people and it's called their own individual heritage. And we should celebrate that. We should champion it. And so to me, you know, for together is like we should exist together. And so I want to introduce a new narrative. The new narrative uh, is the great American salad bowl. And so you can exist in this one bowl called America. You know, I can be the blackberry in the bowl. You could be the lettuce, the grape tomato. Uh, the cucumber, right? You can be in this bowl. Uh, we can be beautiful and delicious together, but we can represent democracy and being an American in a way that's different. It's a different narrative. That narrative says you come to this table your whole self. You don't come to this table trying to be somebody else. And for years, with hair texture, with hair color, same thing right. we're with Native Americans. Absolutely. We forced people yes. to live inside some bubble that's unfair, force them to be who they're not. That's right. And we have all struggled with that because of that narrative that said, well, everybody should be the same. That's right. And I, and you don't have to, again, I don't want people to leave here thinking that I want them to think like me, but I do want you to think. That's right. You should be thinking about this. What does it mean to serve? Do you want somebody to come in your organization not really maximizing their strength because they're trying to be somebody you want them to be? Mm. That's a basic question that we should ask ourselves. That's why. Right. I want to maximize people's strengths. And by doing so, we should allow them to be their whole self. Now, there will all be things that we will galvanize behind our standards. Mm-hmm. But there's a point where some things become a simulation. It moves beyond just conforming to a standard, to assimilating somebody. That's and right. that's where we need to draw the line. But we've never really had that conversation to be able to know the difference. And so that's room, right? That's room for leadership to allow people to exist and be themselves. And that is not bad. So forward together with love says we're going to move forward. We're not going to go backwards. Hmm. We should do it together. And the part that I don't think we have a, a good conversation about is bringing white men along with the, together. That's exactly And right. I think it's a conversation that people see this pie as being this finite thing, and there will be losers and winners in the pie because now you're going to shift. They don't right. see the pie as this sense of, a, of abundance, that when we all grow, the pie is going to grow, right? And because of the narrative, then now we're, we're either infighting or people don't understand, and we don't deliberately talk to the whole formation about some of the changes that we need to make. So together says that we're going to move together. We're going to galvanize teams behind each other, move together. An old African proverb says, if you want to go fast, you go alone. Mm. If you want to go far, you go together. So I want to go far, but it takes the ability to have a conversation that says we need to move together. And together is going to require deep understanding. Going back to that first C is being curious to learn and have compassionate conversations to learn. The last thing we just go back, you know, to love forward together with love says if we want to move forward, if we want to do it together, 
then it's going to have to be with a thought process of love. If you go and look back at Dr. King, most of the things that he talked about were about love because it is the one thing that he would say uh, that would take, that would change your enemy and make him your friend. Hmm. Right. And so we have to think about what the power of love says for our nation. The other thing, and you could probably appreciate this, is that if you look at what our adversaries would do um, in in social media, in the information environment, that's right. That's right. Right. That they will sow discourse. So my last job at A5, um, we I leaded a team called the Strategic Assessment Team. Uh, I was learning things. I was pretty much a fish out of water, hadn't been trained on any of this, but I learned this thing asymmetry. And it says for nations, right, we find a nation's strength and we better turn that strength against them. So if you want to find America's strength, it is our freedom. Mm. It is our freedom of speech. Mm -hmm. It is our democracy. These are all our strengths. So how can I turn that strength against you? You can do that in social media very easily. You can use something like savory to wedge discord between one American to another American. And it is easy to do. So I talk about this character of having like arms of this, this, this body with arms of an aircraft carrier, legs with hypersonic missiles, thighs of tanks, you know, F-35 wing pack on the back and artificial intelligence brain connected to the satellite. You know, this, this figure kind of represents the totality of the trillions of dollars of investment we have uh, in our nation's power through its military. And through the keyboard, from far away, I can get into the will of the people, mm. the heart of an American like that. Mm. And Just it's like happening that. every day. And we are not teaching Americans how to even understand that it's true. Why? Right. Because there is this foundation of hate. So I ask people, be smarter than your own hate. Hate is something that it can you know, take us over. Um, and we will be dumb and blinded going down a path that thinking the people I'm talking to on Facebook is my, my person and it is somebody that is in some basement uh, far lands away. And that, you know that, that, doesn't, that doesn't look anything like we think they do. No. And you know what's going on. So if you got a clearance, we already know what's going on. But Absolutely. We know what's American has no idea. So then I asked, what's our responsibility to educate America? So. Part of this geo course I went to, we went to Finland. And Finland, like we're on the butt on the border of Russia. We're now teaching in our elementary school how to spot misinformation and disinformation. Absolutely. In elementary school. That's awesome. We are not. We need to we, we need to catch up. We find ourselves, I think, in this point to where uh, we know what's going on. Some people know what's going on, but collectively, what are we doing about it? So That's forward right. together with love says we need to move forward, we need to do it together, and then we need to do it with love. And we have to, in some ways, be smarter than our own hate. We cannot allow um, us to be um, pulled apart by somebody outside. Most nations who've been overturned, there's been some internal fraction, fiction fraction, uh, that's taken place that divided that nation. We should be mindful of that. We should be mindful also that Absolutely. we have this thing called the Civil War. And it's one of our most bloodiest battles. Um, and people tend to hurt each other more when they are closer to each other. So again, we've probably received more deaths from our own hands than we did from a, a foreign, you know, somebody from a foreign uh, nation. And so all those things should be reminders, again, as we celebrate this 75th, that these things should be reminders of us about the fragility of the nation, for one, 
uh, that executive order as well. And then what's our responsibility? What's, right. what's your responsibility there, Shooter? As I say, to put a drop in the ocean to create wave of change. I don't know if there's going to be a king like uh, figure like Dr. King to come and move our nation, sure. to galvanize sure. it. But I do know uh, that there's a you and there's a me. And there's your listeners that are out there. Uh, and th- so this is a call for action to do something with love. Don't don't do something to be right. The, there's this thing I think is growing in our nation about being right. And by being right, um, we find ourselves being a champion for something, but creating a rift with others. So and right. I, I ask anybody, you want to be right or do you want to be happy? You want to be right or do you want to live in peace? Right. Because you we can know toilet seat up, toilet seat down, right, right. toilet paper going this way, toilet paper going that way. Right. <laughs> you can you can be right and create so much discourse, so much like um, friction that the, the divisiveness that you you end up losing. Yeah. You're, you're, right. you're, you're, gonna, you're gonna be unhappy. Like it's like being right doesn't feel as good as I thought it was gonna feel. <laughs> and so for our nation, so think about it. For our, and this is for our nation. So I, I I'm a I'm, I'm I champion things, but do I want more diversity on a wall or do I want to report nation? Mm. Mm. It's a question we all may ask ourselves. To what degree do we want that? And so I think a measured approach is bringing it has to be done together. We're That's not right. going to get here by 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 there being winners and losers. That's right. right? It has it has to be, has to be done together with love. Enemy, without a clear enemy, we often will left our own device. 9-11 brought us together like this. Mm-hmm. When we don't have that common enemy, then we tend to go back to our corners and fight for the things that we think again to be right. And it's just a dangerous place to be. So someone who's you know, served the great nation for 35 years. I don't want our nation to fall and we are contributors to its fall. That's right. I don't mind losing against the other team, but I don't want to lose that we're fighting each other and then they come in. So that's just, that's the fort to, together with love. It is really looking at it from national security, but it brings in all these other aspects of the history of our nation, the things that we accomplished uh, and how we are treating each other. And I think if uh, I talk about, you know, the boiling point of 212, I think if we, if, if we do boil in the nation, Mm-hmm. You and I and many Americans would go back and say, oh, I remember this incident. Oh, I remember that. It won't be a shock. So this proverbial you know, frog who's in that water, if it boils, we will know. So I'm asking everybody, you know today what's going on. What are you going to do to lower the temperature? What That's are you right. as an individual? Don't, don't look at nobody else. Get in that mirror. What are you going to do? That's are right. you going to do something different? Are you going to go to a different church, interact with different people? Right. What are you going to do to really share yourself and to get people to share themselves so we can learn about the nation differently than we've done before? The history that you think, you know, may not all be true. What are we going to do? We live in this precious land that is different than anybody else, any any other nation mm-hmm. has seen. And if we don't realize how fragile it is, it could be taken away and we could be a contributor to doing so. I've talked too much. I know, so I'll. Talk. <laughs> no, it's quite. Trust me. Trust me. This is knowledge, and and this is you're actually offering me an opportunity to to put my drop in the ocean, right? And so you know, again, don't just stand there. Do do something, and that's the message that you're portraying literally right now as we speak. Um, in the spirit of um, Black History Month, uh, you talked a lot about this particular project and, and love, and I know it was uh, Dr. King that said, "I choose love because hate is far too great a burden to bear." 
we can do so much more together with love. Um, another project, we've got a couple more projects that I actually still want to make sure I touch on. But um, in, in the world uh, that I live in, ACE, Agile Combat Employment is the one thing that comes to mind or in the pilot world, you know, being an ACE is how great you are when you're being a fighter pilot in the air. But um, I, I see another project that you're working on here. And as, kinda, as I kind of do some reflection on myself and I think about the term diversity and I think about, hey, can, number one, uh, I'm an African-American. Number two, I'm in the Air Force. Uh, number three, I'm an officer. Number four, I'm in the cyber community. So that makes that window really, really small and it increases the opportunity for me that I'll be the only one in the room. Uh, not always a bad thing because, you know, that's an opportunity for me to kind of make sure I uh, represent well until we get more people in the room. Um, but when I look at this next project, it's a children's book, it looks like. It's called American Cyber Girl, uh, American Cyber Expert, hence the ace. So uh, can you talk to us a little bit about that? Yeah, so this is um, a thing that I've been trying to do for a long time and have not been able to get it off the ground like I want to. You know, with my all of my duties, uh, it's just been hard to get at. And so, you know, every time when I'm in a room and I go and I talk to folks, uh, we're in like our formal meetings from a promotion board or results. And we always get that, you know, we didn't meet the any. We didn't get more people to serve in command positions or to do something because they just want another in the inventory. Right. And I've heard that for like the last 10 years, I go to promotion boards and everything else. It's just not enough in inventory. And so I'm like, got it. But as leaders, are we just going to settle for that? Is that mm-hmm. just the answer we're going to have? And so I'm like, what, what is somebody going to do? What are we going to do? So the next me or you or somebody else in the room, 20 years later, they're not saying the same thing. And so um, that calls, that's another call for action. If you know something, then do something. Right. And so we all know that collectively, then they ask the question, what's our responsibility to do something about it? And so this idea to try to inspire um, people to do stuff or to show um, that they represent uh, is this idea behind a comic book or a children's book uh, to be able to inspire people to serve. So, I mean, the idea is an African-American female. Uh, she'll have an artificial you know, intelligence sidekick. Um, they, and they would go out and they would, you know, do do great things mm. out in the world. And so ATAD is the, the sidekick. Uh, ATAD, now I'm giving you a lot of stuff on here. And this is probably shouldn't be doing don't, don't give away too much, sir. You got to make them go buy the book. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I, so, but either way, right, uh, it's, it's just the idea behind it to say um, that... Um, that that people should be we, I want to I want to at least illuminate. So, um, you know, my niece, you know, the people that I have that are close to me won't feel like they can't be anything they want to be. I mean, that's, that's, awesome. that, that's at the end of the day. That's what it is. I I am um, probably um, tenacious in the way I think again. But there are some people who are not. There are some people who need to see that's right. a role model Absolutely. to be able to do something. Where I may not need that, I may blaze a trail. I don't care who's in the way. There are other people who are not, and so I would want to make sure that every American can see themselves there. Uh, this is an opportunity to celebrate. I think oftentimes when I talk about these things, it comes like there's again that there's this scarcity model that what I'm talking about is not for America because I may be talking about it for one particular race or gender, uh, and that is the wrong approach to think about. And I and I've even changed my messaging to make sure that. 
I include that. Nothing I do in my nature, I think, is to go against any individual or person. It's more so to illuminate what I believe to be true, to have a conversation and learn from where what I know is not true, right. and then to change my perspective. And I will offer anybody to have an opportunity to do the same thing about what they believe. Uh, it comes at a cornerstone of, I mean, we all want to just, I want to believe what my mom told me. And I found out something that's not true. That's right. That's right. right. But that's growth. That's some true. people that's bad. I'm like, no, that's called growth. I mean, we should all want to know and learn and to just be better. And that takes a certain kind of, you know, and again, I don't want people to end up thinking like I think, but I do want them to think. So okay. that book is about that. Okay. Well, sir, uh, the last project that uh, we'll wrap up is uh, something that I think is a perfect uh, title at at the very least to end on. As we talked about all the great things and actually putting in the work, uh, the last project that you're working on is called Hope, um, honoring outstanding people with the P and the E being capitalized in the word people, hence where the acronym comes from. Can you give us a quick rundown of what Hope is? Yeah, so Shooter, this so I get the pleasure of... Uh, retiring and promoting a lot of people. Mm. Um, And um, I get a chance to talk to their parents, um, to talk to their children, uncles, you know, friends. Right. So it gives me an opportunity to really connect with Americans that oftentimes I don't as we're kind of in this military kind of bubble. And so I've taken that time, just talk to people and engage them. And so from that, I was like, man, this military thing is awesome. Somebody like me gets to get up and talk about somebody, goes over their career, lifts them up in front of all of their loved ones. And I'm like, average Americans don't get that. That's right. That's right. <laughs> right. So this award thing is really just grassroots, an idea to fund. I haven't even created the Hope Award, you know, but to be able to go to average American who's just been working at the factory or on the farm or just taking care of the kids, mm. right? Just doing good husband, good wife type duties, right? And to lift them up, wow. to, uh, just put, to elevate them so they can feel the same love. I see it in the eyes of these promotees uh, when I'm talking about them or when their family is, like, you can, they start looking, and you, I watch this. I'm saying words about members mm-hmm. that their family has, have never heard about. That's right. And just, I can see them expand who they think this person is because I'm having a conversation about stuff that they, they just see them as their child. Right. That's right. But they don't know them if they've been at war or they don't know them if they've been leading in a capacity that they can never see. And so by knowing that there's so many people who need to be elevated, I think, and this is like pouring into, you know, a different perspective. Like, like people have asked me, do I see the world as glass half full? empty and I say I'm just happy to have a glass it's a different way of seeing things and what's your responsibility so the hope award would be something again that haven't done I mean I need a staff to do all the stuff that I want to do of course uh, that just will recognize an average American um, that um, you know we can I can get some some hope presenters that are spread out across the country that will be willing to travel and you know, say a few words about somebody, you know, somebody we have to nominate them and we just find people from the newspaper, right? I don't I don't really know how it's gonna gonna go, but that's the vision of it. I don't have all the details of how it's gonna flush out. Um, but that would be then a contribution just to in some ways to shine some light on humanity uh, is the goal. 
That's pretty awesome, sir. I, I tell you what, uh, with these listeners that we have, and you know, you got to start somewhere. What I, my hope is, as they hear uh, what you've been articulating here, that there will be people willing to step up and say, hey, I can help with this. Um, and so I would love to kind of get that information out there. So, so on that note, is there any particular way that you would like for folks to reach out to you? Any platforms that you uh, would folks have folks to kind of contact you on uh, if they have ideas and, and they want to reach out? I'm on LinkedIn, um, so we can use that. I don't, um, you know, some people have encouraged me to get on Instagram. I have not done social media to the fullest extent, you know, that I should. You know, part of the thing is that as I continue to wear the uniform, I've resisted from being kind of this kind of public figure uh, out there. And so, you know, some of this uh, of what I want to do may, and I won't say conflict the military service, Right. But I'm limited. I don't want to be out on all the social sure. media um, because of the responsibility that I have. So I've kind of shied away. So that's why some of these projects that I have have not come off the ground yet because of that. Um, I bring the ethics lawyer into almost everything that I do because of that. And so I'm very cautious uh, about it. I wrote a book or did a small little book with um, another uh, female um, on kind of the history uh, or some historical kind of figures um, of African-American women who served in the nation because the folks at Charleston, like there's no, they couldn't find anything that could teach some youngsters about women in the military because all the kids thought that only men served. Mm. And so there's not a lot of artifacts out there. So um, I just sent you, because um, I forgot about this until while we were talking, but you know, that's just an opportunity to uplift people. So they can find me on, on LinkedIn at just Terrence Adams. Okay. Uh, if anybody wants to partner. So I was talking about, so when I was in command, MAP to success, mission, airmen, and partners. So mm. MAP. And so MAP says that whatever the mission is, that we're going to use the, the the people to get there. And there'll be partnerships internally and externally in order to make that happen. So if there's anybody that wants to map to success with me, um, I'm willing to to have a conversation with them there in some ways awesome. to get people to move forward together with love. Yes, sir. No, we appreciate it. And first and foremost, I want to say here publicly, I know that your time is valuable and uh, I am absolutely honored that you would take some time to come on Simstation Nation. You know, it is Black History Month. So I tell the audience that's out there right now, go learn something and not just the stuff you don't know, but kind of dig a little deeper as the general already mentioned on the things that you think you might already know. Um, so, sir, again, ladies and gentlemen, Brigadier General T.A. Terrence Adams, sir, thank you so much for joining us. And uh, just remember this to everyone that's out there listening and or watching. When you find yourself standing on the shoulders of giants, don't just stand there. Do something. Thanks for your time. Until next time, I'm out.